0: Hello there, Lollygaggers. Another show on tap. We are, of course, Lollygagging Sports. I'm Bo Read along, as always, with Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. Talk a little baseball, a little NFL. We're going to take another trip down memory lane with the uh, with the time capsule segment. But uh, first things first, uh, Samantha. Look, let's let's just jump right into uh, a, a, this this one baseball topic. Uh, that we wanted to bring up uh, to start the show off uh, to, uh, today. Uh, let's take a look at these two Japanese stars. We have we have uh, Kodai Singa signed with the Mets for five seventy five. We have Masataka Yoshida who got the big deal with the Red Sox five years, ninety million. Let's start with Singa uh, because I wanted to ask you uh, what what your impressions are with this so-called ghost fork ball that he seems to be bringing with him to the major leagues.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, the good news is is he's hit triple digits on the radar with his fastball. So that's good. That's that's always a good thing. But this ghost fork ball, which is very enticing and, and has a great name, and, I mean, Bo, you're the, the one who kind of pointed this out when we first started discussing this, which is, like, I don't know if that's going to work the same way. I mean, you see a lot of splitters in Japan and Korea because you're talking about a smaller ball, um, and you had mentioned also that the, the seam height uh, is a factor here as well, right, so yeah. I'm not sure I think this thing is going to play quite the same, um, and, and we don't know, uh, the other thing is we don't really know what the MLB ball is going to look like next year. Like, we just saw these reports um, you know, Dr., uh, what, what is her name, Dr. Will, I think, the, the astrophysicist who had gotten a hold of all those baseballs. You know, we just saw the study on this where they were talking about the fact that Major League Baseball was using not one, not two, but three different balls this year. Uh, If you haven't heard about the Goldilocks ball, you will. (laughs) Really, really interesting stuff. I encourage everybody to read that study. It's it's fascinating, and it's also pretty damning um, for Manfred in the front office, if this is true, Uh, because it sure looks like there were a lot more of those good baseballs mixed in. Uh, they, they all showed up in Yankee games, which is rather interesting, don't you think? Uh, with Aaron Judge chasing home run records. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. interesting stuff. But I think it comes into play here as well uh, because depending on what the baseball looks like that we get and what those scenes are like, that's going to make a big difference for a guy like this whether or not what he does best really plays as a true advantage or whether it's just one more splitter that's pretty unremarkable against, you know, sort of the competition.
0: You know, I mean... The thing is, like, like, I'm not saying it, and I don't think you're saying either. uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you're saying this either. Like, he's still gonna be able to throw the fork ball. Sure, right. It's just not gonna be a special. He's not gonna be able to get the type of movement that that the disappearing. Why this is why they they call it the ghost forkball because it seems to disappear as it gets to the plate that's where he's going to have trouble right like it's 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 the the how effective it is in japan is not going to translate with major league baseball because of the differences with the ball
1: right exactly yeah i
0: know that's that's exactly what i'm saying as
1: well as nobody saying oh he can't throw this pitch or oh he's going to be a terrible pitcher it's not anything like that it's more that what makes this thing so special is so dependent on elements which well, one of which is the size of the baseball, which we know what that is that is standard across Major League Baseball, and it is eight-acre baseball. And the seam height is something that has moved around a little bit, uh, especially with multiple baseballs in play. Yeah. And that will make a difference. It's not that he can't throw this. It's not that it won't perform the way that a forkball performs, but there's – I mean – there's kind of a reason why we don't see a lot of fork balls now, and it's because they're just not that effective with the way the, the current baseball looks. And it's not that his will be less effective than other pitchers see threw a similar pitch, but this whole, you know, the ghost aspect of it, as you mentioned, uh, this disappearing fork ball, it <laughs> may not disappear the same way that it
0: does um, in NPB. Yeah, when you, when you brought you I think it was you that brought it up in the meeting that you threw a ghost fork ball. It's like, who's the last time we saw a forkball it makes mm-hmm. like baseball. <laughs> it's been a bit it's been a while like i don't even think you have that option like on the show anymore like you did back like you know like the like when, when baseball games were really starting to get more realistic you had the forkball in there but i haven't seen it on the video game in a while uh <laughs> probably for for a good reason Irby, let's bring you in on this one uh you know you were a catcher you think these these uh the the who uh, whoever's gonna be catching for the match, you think they're gonna breathe a little sigh of relief that the forkball is gonna lose its ghost attributes It's just gonna be a normal forkball I
2: I mean yeah from from the from that standpoint sure but a good catcher a, a pitcher's catcher I'm, I'm sitting there like dude if you can effectively throw it, I'll catch it like like as long as I know it's coming and I, we work this out. It can be the ugliest thing in the world. I I, I grew up, my dad was a knuckleballer. So I grew up learning how to catch knuckleballs. So I, I, I'm definitely one of those, like, hey, if you can throw it and you can throw it effective, I will catch it. You get it here. You get them swinging, I'll do the rest. So, no, I mean, it's if he can do this, great, awesome. I, I'm with you guys. I'm not as confident. Um, look, I, I'll i say first, I hope Senga has a good transition, I don't wish him any ill will and, and, and it'll be interesting to see what can happen here but we've seen this before a, a not an undersized Japanese pitcher but an average size Japanese pitcher who sure, the numbers on paper if we just want to sit there and look at, at, at a, a 189 ERA last year in the Japanese like, great, yeah, that's awesome I the strikeouts for nine are yeah, okay, not bad. The walks per nine are up, and that's in the Japanese league. Which the Japanese league, which we have talked about before, is is borderline AAA ball, maybe maybe quad A, yep. AAA quad A, right in there. So I, I I'm sorry, I'm looking at a, a a walk ratio that has not been great his entire career, and and then we're gonna throw you know I mean I guess it like Samantha said depends on what scenes he gets, so maybe he gets a good ball every week and, and everything is wonderful but I, I doubt that's going to happen so you've got a different baseball so this ghost fork ball becomes a fork ball and doesn't mean it's not an effective pitch you can still get the job done with that but I, I there's been plenty more Japanese pitchers that we've been more excited about um, making the transition so I, I just I hope he does well I think it's going to take a couple years to transition and figure it out. I mean, my gosh, you Darvish was the biggest thing since sliced bread when he came over, and it took him a couple years to figure it out. He always had a high strikeout rate, but his walk rate was was the problem. And that's the same thing I'm looking at here is Mm -hmm. you're going to be throwing these pitches, and these major league pitters are going to go, that's cute, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for the next one. And so if the walks are up, it's going to be a problem.
0: All right, Samantha. Let, let's let's shift over to uh, Masataka Yoshida. Uh, signs with the Red Sox again, five years, ninety million. So, I want to. I would, I'm really trying to figure out exactly which way I want to go here with this with you because there's the did the Red Sox overpay angle uh, on this on this particular player, but I, but I think what's probably more confusing for me is this is all the Red Sox have done. And they, 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 they let Xander go. They, they, they've signed Yoshida, and now they're talking about being in the trade market. It's the free agent market. What is going on in Boston?
1: And yeah, this is weird, and I agree with you. I think that's sort of the more interesting angle because, you know, I, you guys know how I feel about overpay. Is it's, it's not an so, overpay if you need it and you can afford it. So, okay, fine. Whatever they pay, they can afford it. It's fine. Why you would do this, though, while you're not sort of signaling that you are buying, buying, buying to address all of your needs. Otherwise, it's a little confusing. Um, you know, they have a pretty serious pitching problem that they have not addressed at all. Mm-hmm. They're um, letting Xander go. I mean, look, that whole situation just felt like a lot of bad blood. You know, we went through this phase where they were threatening to trade him and where Mm -hmm. they pulled offers off the table, and then he walked away from negotiations. And it just looked to me like they got into a situation where – wanted him they wanted him then they didn't want him and then they only wanted him at this price and there was so much kind of like bad blood between the two sides by the time we got to where he got another offer and then at the 11th hour the red sox were like oh no no no! wait you know what we would like to keep you and i think Bogart and, and his representatives just kind of went you know what it's it's too little too late yeah. so there were some errors in negotiation there i think that caused a lot of problems so it's great to get yoshida but like why pay all that money if you're not going to do anything else? Your division is a, a rough place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even Tampa spent a little money, which is not really going to get them anywhere. But will make them a, you know another obstacle for the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Yankees. They're not going anywhere. Toronto's trying to get better. So, what is the purpose of paying a lot of money for one guy who was not necessarily your greatest need? Letting somebody else walk away due to sort of bad faith negotiation, and then not addressing the pitching issues—it's weird. I, it's a little bit like what with the Cubs, where you're just like, "What are you guys doing? What, what are you doing? This is weird."
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, and that—that that was um, you know, like last winter. It was, it was another Japanese player coming over that the Cubs did that. So it's very, very similar circumstances. Uh, Irby, how about you? What are your thoughts here on uh, on Boston and Yoshida?
2: Uh, yeah, very similar here. Of what you know, this is this feels like the kind of move that you make when you're, you're one two pieces away. I mean, I, essentially, you're, and, and we're gonna have to use the overpay word here until we see something. But this is you're, you're overpaying for a guy making the transition from Japan to the United States to replace Tommy Pham. I I mean, this goes like Samantha said, like. Tommy Pham wasn't the reason why you finished fifth in your division. All right, so, yeah, a lot, lot more issues here. Um, I don't know. Like, like this is the kind of move that, sure, it, it's the, <laughs> this is the kind of move that we see in Seattle, and then they're like, just wait, it'll make sense later on. That's <laughs> kind of like, like what Boston's doing right now. Like, But they didn't come out and tell us that, just wait, you'll see. It all makes sense in the end. So, Kind of got to sit here and go. All right, let let's see what happens here. Because no, if this is if this is all you're doing, I mean, I, I, and and maybe it's not. Maybe maybe there's something else coming up. I, I right? Like, I I mean, didn't they did they they sign Chris Martin this week too? So yeah, like, no, I can't. Like, I'm not sure. <laughs>
0: well, if you listen to
2: it's Bloom, a, they're,
0: they're, they're, it's all about the trade market now. Which, again, okay. I don't
2: get. So, I don't, I, I, everything is, That's you like, yeah, you know, what I love about stuff like that, this this goes back to, and, I, and I'm going to switch, you know, sports here real quick, but this goes back to the, what was it, that, like, 2018 Knicks team where they should have gotten a banner that said, you should have heard the rumors of, like, what well, all these things they're supposed to do. Like, that's what you do when you go into... The trade market can be very valuable. The trade market absolutely trades... Can be something that can make a difference for you, but you don't go into the trade. You don't go into trade season going, "Oh yeah, we're score big time." Why would you tell everybody that? Yeah, no. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> why are you like? You're are you really that? You're you're that guy that at a poker table that gets his card and goes, <laughs> "See, okay, really, dude."
0: You know, and, and that's the thing here, Samantha. That, that, that that's that's bugging me right now. It's 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 not just the, you know, yeah, we're going to be big in the – no. It's the fact that you, – you said it. They've got a problem with that pitching staff, multiple problems with that pitching staff. There are multiple holes in this lineup. If you're expecting to contend, you can't do all of it in trades You're going to decimate your farm system if you do that, right? Like you have to have that nice little harmony of – we're going to drop some money, and we're going to we're going to spend spend some of our prospect capital. But they work in conjunction. It seems like the Red Sox got they they, they made their one sign, and now they're going to they're, now they're planning on making not one, not two, but three, four, five trades to fill out their roster. I don't understand it.
1: Well, I mean, and trades are kind of like turnovers in football, and it, you can't assume that you're going yes. to be able to do what you want. So you have to be a little bit careful with that. And we're also not talking about, like, the trade deadline where we know exactly who's available. We have a good idea of what the price is going to be. Like, you just don't know what you're contending with it. It seems like kind of a stupid risk to take. And part of the problem with this is, like, I don't love this idea of, like, well, we need to cut back our payroll, so now we're going to go hire a guy to run our front office who used to work with the Rays. And every time someone does this, this is kind of what happens And that, like, you're not really a team that functions that way. So you, okay, you needed to save a little money because you were doing sort of a mini sort of kind of tear down fine. But the way that these guys are trying to operate is not necessarily the same way that your franchise operates. I'm like, has anyone told this guy this? Because he seems like he's a little lost, like he's still trying to do his raise thing because I'm sure he was told he was brought in to save money and figure out ways to economize and then they're going to. And then somebody comes in and goes, oh, you know what? We want to post this guy from Japan. He's, like, insanely expensive. And then now could you make some trades to, to deal with the rest of it? And you're like, well, what? who are you? What are you doing? And you're putting your GM in a bad position. Maybe you hired the wrong person. I don't know. I'm not that shot with Bloom so far. Uh, yeah, me either. <laughs> don't love what we've seen out of hand, but. And this is partly just because I do not like the way the Rays conduct themselves, but I also don't like the way that he has conducted himself in a situation where he's still acting like that he works for the Rays and that he is following a Rays-like philosophy, which is part of why the negotiations, I think, with Sandra Boggarts broke down and that this goofy Trevor Story trade, which still doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me in conjunction with what else they've done. So I'm not buying the whole, well, Story was the insurance policy if they couldn't re-sign Boggarts. And it's like, yeah, but you don't make that series take that series of actions, and then turn around and post an expensive NPP player. That doesn't make any sense. So, like, what are you doing, pal? I don't know about this guy.
0: <laughs> oh, it's going to be a very short tenure if they lose 90 games this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, that. that's really where I'm at now because I, I look at the Red Sox as that candidate that could lose 90 games. And then it's sayonara, Mr. Blue. Yep. Irby, anything else you want to add here?
2: Yeah, real quick on the, the the point that Samantha made about trades, and I love that what you did there talking about because you're right. You know, you you can't go into trades expecting anything, knowing what you're going to get. Um, let's look back, uh, and, and it's one that we did here on the show. And re- let's remember some trades: the the Texas Rangers and the Los Angeles Dodgers, the U Darvish trade. Darvish, Willie Calhoun, the big pieces there, and the Rangers got a young pitcher, AJ Alexi, as well. That. None of those players were on those teams here today. And then yeah, five years later, that's that's not uncommon. But that was a huge deal. Like for the Dodgers, for the Rangers getting Calhoun, both sides were really happy. Awesome. Alexi got picked up by the Nationals today, so that trade is now complete for both teams. The Dodgers got a whole .8 war out of that, and the Rangers got a negative three. So you take this trade that both sides were so excited about, and it was a huge deal. And it's nothing. When we look back at it, it's nothing. So, yeah, that goes to that point where you're saying, you can go into that trademark and be like, yeah, we're going to be really active. Well, that doesn't mean you're going to get back something that pulls you from fifth to first or fifth to playoffs.
0: Right. Well, for the record, I was rather underwhelmed by that Udarvis e. trade, but, you know, I was in the minority uh, at that point. Samantha, anything you want you went out here before we get to the NFL? No,
1: no, I'm good.
0: All right, so let's take a look at a couple of matchups here. Uh, we're going to look at three games uh, going into this week. We've got 49ers Seahawks. Uh, Samantha, let, let's let's start with the Niners here. Actually, this is a little bit both This is both Niners and Seahawks because up until Jimmy G goes down, I mean, the 49ers really looked like a lock. I mean, they they were getting a putting a stranglehold on this division. They're still able to win Right? They you know they they're coming they're they're coming off a couple of, a couple of big games here. So is this matchup more important now than it was say a couple of weeks ago? Or do the 49ers still have this under control?
1: Oh, I think it's more important than it was a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure. I think the division is really in any danger. I mean, Seattle has looked pretty bad over the last couple of weeks and who else is going to take their them? Um, Arizona?
0: Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> the
1: Rams? <laughs> I don't think so. So I'm not worried about San Francisco winning the division. I don't think that's changed, and I don't think this game is of any particular import in that sense. But, you know, the, the seeding does matter. San Francisco does not exactly have the same sort of clear path to, oh, being – I guess the team they were a year ago where you're like, wow, this team probably should have won more games. They're going to be under-seeded, and that is probably to their advantage, and I'm not sure that's how this is going to go. Mm -hmm. So every win matters more than it did before this, I mean, so far, I think we all, like, what we've seen out of Doc Purdy, it's a a tremendous opportunity for, you know, Kyle Shanahan, I mean, the joke with Shanahan is always, of course, like, oh, he's probably happy about this, loves the challenge, right, like, how can I make it work with this guy, which is, like, great, and that's all very noble and everything, but ultimately, like, no matter what you think of Jimmy, like, Jimmy was going to get it done, he was going to get you, as far as this team was prepared to go, without being a reason that you lost, and Purdy, He's looked great, but you know, there's two weeks of film on him. Like well, what's gonna happen when we get to the postseason? What's gonna happen when you're facing better defenses and we got a book out there on? him? that's going to change some things. So you gotta get as many wins as you can now. I like think the seeding is more important than it
0: once was given the situation at quarterback. Irby, how about you? What are your thoughts on that?
2: I I love this, by the spectrum exactly about the clear picture. Yeah, the, the Niners a uh, Last year and then the two years before that. Yeah, definitely a clear picture. This year it seems like, you know, the 49ers play a football game and then it's kind of like how their mornings are with the fog. Like, here we go again. Like, we have no idea what's going to happen in the off week or in the week leading up because it's just, my gosh, this team knows how to get hurt. And and they know how to kill their fans' souls sometimes. But, hey, it's working well on the field. You're literally one game away. You get the job done this week against Seattle and you've won the division and and you put yourself in a position where how we're looking at it. And I agree with you guys, you know, yeah, it's seeding is important, but you kind of want to get that home game. You know, Minnesota is vulnerable. They're, they're flat out fraudulent, I think is safe enough to say at this point, um, San Francisco can get them and can pass them potentially. They've got the tiebreaker as well. So you can get that two seed, which then, yeah, like you said, it's it's home games unless you have the Eagles in the NFC title game. and That Eagles-Dallas seems like they're on a crash course for a playoff matchup that would be fun for everybody, except oh, yeah. for Cowboy and Eagles, Eagles fans. Still, no, that would be a lot of fun. That's fun but, for everybody. So that's where, yeah, yeah, it's fun for everybody. That's what's great about where San Francisco is at, is that, it's, yeah, it's Seattle's chasing you. You have an opportunity to put them away. And then it's uh, you know, it's the stuff like, Oh, Devo Samuel could be back by week seventeen. You know, at that point, yeah, bro, we see you in January. Sit your butt down and get the ankle healthy. It's everybody get healthy. And and it's it's Purdy getting, I mean, it's even who golly, I mean, are we oddly enough, at a point now where you're like, Okay, then maybe Purdy takes a week off and they run with Josh Johnson out there for a week. That seems crazy, but I, I in San Francisco, you're getting to a point where when healthy. You're one of the best teams in the league. <laughs> but getting to the game healthy is proving to be an issue week in and week out in San Francisco.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's stick with the 49ers here. Uh, Samantha, let, let's let's talk about the defense in San Francisco. Isn't it a is it defense that can carry these 49ers deep into the playoffs? Is, is it that level of a defense?
1: Uh, Within reason, I think so, yeah, Um, especially considering who you're going to be facing. Um, Obviously, if we run into that 49ers-Eagles matchup, which I think we're all hoping that we'll get in the NFC Championship game, that's how you you know the system is working correctly, right? Those are the two best teams in the NFC as of right now, so that's what you want to see. Um, and I think that's where it's going to get interesting. Can this defense figure out a way to stop all of the many different things that the Eagles can do? Now, they're very well positioned to do that. They have the right kind of talent. They have the right kind of scheme to do that. Whether they'll actually be able to execute, we don't know yet. It's going to be interesting. But as far as can the defense kind of carry them through the fact that they've been pretty hobbled on the offensive side of the ball, you know can they hold the score down well yeah absolutely they can we know they can do it we've seen them do it many times and because of the situation with the offense they're going to need to but yeah i, I absolutely think that the defense is the
0: strength of this team and that they can go out there and win them football games irby same question for you 49ers defense is it at that caliber that i could carry them to a uh, deep in the playoffs
2: uh, yes, well, the way the NFC is right now, this defense can carry them there, and and G, obviously Jimmy was the better option there, but that's not an option right now anytime soon. So Brock Purdy, it's the like, this is the ultimate game manager here. It's like son, don't lose it. Um, and great game last week, fantastic performance against Tampa Bay. But you got to get yourself healthy and get yourself out there every single week. And, and yeah, this is a defense that. In a can make a deep run against the NFC. This is a defense that can get the 49ers to a winner take all NFC matchup against Philly or Dallas. And this is a defense that can get them to a position in the Super Bowl. Now, can the defense win that game against one of the AFC powerhouses? I you know, there's we that's you look at the performance against Kansas City earlier this year, no, but but that's still they can get themselves there, but last year at this time, we were all talking, it was Bill's Chiefs, and we got Bengals. So, again, you get to the Super Bowl, anything can happen. This is a defense that can get them there, and they've got a, a young quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, proving himself to be very irrelevant right now, who can manage enough of the weapons around him to not be the reason that they don't succeed.
0: All right, let's pick them. Who do you have here, Samantha? 49ers or Seahawks?
1: 49ers. I mean, I I will put a caveat on this, but I think this this has a bit of a, oh, you better be careful kind of feel to it for the 49ers, but ultimately I I think they can pull it off.
0: Herbie, how about you?
2: Yeah, I like San Francisco's defense going into Seattle. Um, Big deal two years ago there. I, the, Brock Purdy questionable status worries me a little bit um, if they are having to go with their fourth quarterback of the year, uh, potentially in this game. But it's also a game where, yeah, you don't have to win this one. You know, you're two games up, thanks to Carolina taking care of Seattle. So you're two games up. So if it comes back to one, you'll still potentially have the tiebreaker. It's not the worst thing. But, yeah, I'm going to take Niners to go ahead and wrap up this division and start start getting healthy-ish again.
0: I'm also taking the 49ers just because I want the legend of Brock Purdy to grow. I really want that to grow because that's been a lot of fun. All right. Uh, let's, let's flip it over to the AFC East. Uh, Dolphins, Samantha, are in Buffalo to play the Bills. This is where the Bills get their home field advantage. The cold. <laughs> so, uh, quick question off the top, based off of the results from last week. Um, in terms of the division, not playoff spots, not see the division, the AFC East is this game is it still relevant? Do you think, or is this or is this pretty well over? Um, I think it's still relevant.
1: Um, I, I, nobody has played so well here, where you're like, oh well, it's just a matter, you know, Buffalo needs to be careful a little bit. So yeah, no, I, I think this is absolutely still relevant. Um, I. I feel like I have a pretty good idea of how this is going to go, how it needs to go, and I'm not sure even if it doesn't go Buffalo's way that it's like, oh, my goodness, sound the alarms. Like, what a disaster. They have not looked great for weeks, and they're still kind of getting it done. So I, I don't know that this game is necessarily like a death knell for anybody, especially not Buffalo, but I, I don't know that it's necessarily a, oh, well, it doesn't matter if you drop it
2: situation either.
0: Irby, how about you? Same question.
2: Uh, for Buffalo? How important it is for Buffalo, you want to know? Or, or both?
0: Both. It's just the relevance both. of this game now that, okay. now that Buffalo's got a two-game lead on the Dolphins.
2: Okay, yeah. No, I So Buffalo, I'll touch there real quick. Yeah, I think Buffalo, it's, it's not as big of a deal. You've kind of gotten your rhythm back, um, and you've kind of got that mojo going. For Miami, I think this is a much bigger game. Uh, this is a game that we talked about in the weeks ago, um, looking forward to it, that it could be a big deal with Miami having beaten Buffalo the first time before in a weird, weird week three game. Um, but this is different, and it, and it's – what I don't like for Miami here is this, one, Miami can't wait to get home. <laughs> you've, you've been out on the West Coast in San Francisco, then you played at the Chargers. Both losses, and now you've got this game before going home against Green Bay. I, they can't wait to get home. I I, Miami against playoff teams, like like we can look at this record and that's great. It's a nice record, but you're not beating playoff teams. You did early, but you haven't been lately, And, and and now five losses on the season. Their five losses are Cincinnati, sorry, yeah, Cincinnati, New York Jets, Minnesota, San Francisco, and the Los Angeles Chargers. That is potentially five playoff teams, and. Four of those five losses are on the road. So, again, you can go, well, that's fine. You can get home field. Well, you don't have home field right now. So, you're going to be playing your playoff games on the road. You're not beating playoff teams on the road. I Just for their own I, – I, I I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but just, just for your own self, your own belief. Miami, I think this is a much bigger game for them just to go in somewhere and win a game away from home because come January – you're not at home.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about the uh, that first matchup, Samantha, because the, the Dolphins got really lucky on quite a few different things in that game, particularly the end of that game. Now, this is also an opportunity for the Dolphins to show that they are up to par with Buffalo, which that might be a stretch. <laughs> To be honest with you, Uh, that might be a stretch. What are you you thinking here in terms of the Dolphins' ability to go and actually win this game? I mean, was their last win all luck, pure luck, and they need to get lucky again? Or do they actually have a a matchup they can exploit to actually win this game?
1: I'm honestly more worried about Buffalo losing this game than Miami winning it, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. Um. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I look. Miami has been very lucky this season. Um, the last matchup between these two, I, I attribute that win mostly to luck. Um, and I'm not saying not to take anything away from the Dolphins. I'm just saying the Bills were the better team at the time, uh, and they didn't come out on top of that. Miami had a number of lucky breaks. Miami also like got like I mean, their half of their wins came from like cooking the opponent on the visitors' bench, yeah. right in the sun. Mm-hmm. So I, that that bears. Mention, if nothing else. um, Look, I'm more concerned about the fact that Buffalo has looked sloppy, and some of it is not really their fault. They are another team that has been absolutely decimated by injuries. They're sort of the ASC version of San Francisco, and that you know, you lost Von Miller, you know, Josh Allen is clearly not 100%. You've had a number of other injuries on the offensive side of the ball as well, to say nothing of sort of the the way that that defense has been bitten by the injury bug, and and they're still not 100% healthy. And, And Miami is a formidable competitor, but Buffalo is still the better team. Even with the injuries, they are the better team. But I don't know with the way that they've played, while sort of trying to muddle their way through those injuries, is a situation where I would say, oh, well, they're the better team and they're going to win this game. They were the better team last time, too. And they didn't come away with, with a win. So, you know, home field or not, I think we've all established home field doesn't really mean a whole lot for most teams. Um, I guess, you know, the, the weather will probably be terrible in Buffalo yeah. this weekend. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a possible advantage there, certainly. But, but if I'm the Bills, man, I don't want to be messing around with another game where it's close enough to where that matters. And, and I think Buffalo... For their
0: own sake, you know, Erby, you kind of mentioned this with Miami, but doesn't Buffalo
2: need a decisive win here? I, I think they do. Yeah, I would agree with that, Erby. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Buffalo. It's been nice. You're winning the games that are in front of you. That Jets win last week, you feel good about yourselves. But you've got one more solid game coming up against Cincinnati. Other than that, yeah, you kind of need this one here. Uh, I, I, more confidence, I mean, top confidence, yes, the, the, the self-confidence is a big deal. But also, Buffalo, If I'm, I mean, once again, here we are, you're in that position to be the one seed. That's kind of what you're playing for. You've got the tiebreaker over Kansas City right now. Don't lose it. Don't do something stupid and lose it. They, they need to hold on to this. You know, I, The division record's not great, but as it's proving, you now have the lead. You know, it's a two-game lead on Miami, but look beyond that. It's You need to make everybody come through Buffalo. You need to have all this stuff go through Buffalo again um, and have, you know, if we're going to continue to have crazy weather like they're going to have this weekend, maybe that will help you out even more. But, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, and, and now, as you talk about that for Buffalo and how I'm talking about Miami, it kind of did build this back up is that this is a little bit more of an important role for an important game for both teams. For totally different reasons.
0: (laughs) Well, then let's pick it, shall we? I think we shall. Samantha, who do you have? Dolphins or Bills?
1: The Bills. I I think it's really important for them to get this win here from a a sort of statement perspective. If nothing else, they dropped the first one at the beginning of the season. We all assumed they would split. So I I just don't see any way the Bills don't find a way to get the win here.
0: Ruby, how about you?
2: Yeah, I'm the same Buffalo in here. I Like I said with Miami, I don't like some of these losses against good teams. This is been a long road trip um, to the San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Buffalo. It's not the kind of road trip you would normally, you know, devise. <laughs> so I don't like it's a long road trip. It's the end of a long road trip. It's, Miami's having a hard time. It's just too many ifs, too many bad factors in there for me to pick the Dolphins. So, yeah, I'll take Buffalo.
0: Well, you guys are going to love this. Uh, my, uh, my gut is telling me dolphins. And my head says absolutely not. Pick the bills. But I'm going with my gut. I'm taking the dolphins here. Interesting. Interesting. I'm taking the dolphins. We'll find out on Sunday if I just have indigestion. <laughs> All right. One more before we uh, hop into the time capsule. Uh, giants are at the Commander's. I think just to start off this conversation, I think I think we need to talk, Samantha, about the different direction these two teams are going because it seems the Commanders have been rising the last handful of weeks, while the Giants have simultaneously been falling. Is that is that a, is that the trend that, that you see? Is that a trend that you think is going to continue? Uh,
1: that's, yeah, I would. I agree with that assessment. I think that's the general direction that these teams will continue to go in, but. We said that two weeks ago before these teams met the last time. And what did this bunch of bozos do? They tied. <laughs> just like <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that's like, I mean, this is like the screw-up bowl, right? This is like the NFC screw-up bowl. Like, they're both better than we expected. The Giants, I think, are trending down a little bit. The, the football team is trending up. But, like... Fundamentally, they're both teams that, like, find ways to screw everything up, which is how we ended up in a tie two weeks ago. So, yeah, well, I agree with the assessment that I think the generally speaking, football team is ascendant and the Giants are falling off a bit. I mean... We used to have a segment on the show called the, the Greg Joseph best chance for a tie. And I feel like this matchup, anytime you get it, no matter the circumstances, is like the automatic best bet for that. Like if, if you have like a weird, you know, like parlay or whatever, a, a tease that includes like Giants, Commanders, tie, I might take it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you mentioned that happened. What would we call that, right? Like, because, like, if you get a score that hasn't been, that has not happened before, is called what? Scorigami? Is that what it's called? Um, yeah, that's a scorigami. Scorigami. Yeah. So, what happens if you get if you get something like this that's never happened before, where two teams play each other twice in the year and, bo- and tie both games? What are we going to call that? Yeah.
1: I don't know. We're gonna have to think. We need to think on that. Soccer,
0: like the, du- the double, the <laughs> soccer,
1: <whatever>. soccer,
0: soccer, gummy,
1: soccer gummy.
0: Oh boy! Uh,
1: f- football with the U.
0: Uh, there you go. <laughs> football, football. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Irby, how about you? Commanders rising, Giants fading. You agree with that?
2: Uh, yeah, I absolutely do. Um, you take their their weird matchup from two weeks ago. I mean, it, the Giants <laughs> Giants haven't won in a month, um, and that was a win over the Texans. So it's not even a full win. Um, and they they've been struggling against. they I mean it's their division, they're o two and one against their division in their last three games. Whereas as football team is you know I mean they've got a win in that stretch same stretch. They barely lost to Minnesota, and they beat Philadelphia. So, I, I yeah, absolutely. Washington's trending the right way, and New York's trending the wrong way. But the weird thing is, is you guys remember that last year it was a week 18. We had that crazy Raiders-Chargers game where all they had to do was don't tie. And if they tied, was that they, they would both get in. Or and there was a scenario where it ended up being that the Steelers got in because one won, the other lost. And we were all worried that they both were just going to sit there and not play football. Yeah. Well, they, almost
1: did. they almost did. Yeah, no, no, they almost that did. Game, it went into overtime. Like, that, yeah. oh my gosh, and this is why you should never
2: pick the Chargers, well, but ever. Here here we go again, and and I'm sorry, Charlie, yeah. because I know no. this is you guys again. This could happen again.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: If San Francisco takes care of business and beats Seattle on Thursday and drops them to 7 and 7, it would bode well of both of these teams hoping for those last two playoff spots to again tie. And hold themselves in a nice little lead <laughs> over Seattle.
0: Oh boy!
1: I mean, do you think? Do you think that the Commanders are capable of doing that level of math?
2: I think the Commanders are more capable than the well. The Giants would want that. Uh, yeah, guys, can we do the tie? Yeah, thing? No, it,
1: it makes it's more beneficial to the Giants. Also, like, I feel like Brian Dable can do basic playoff math. I I feel okay about that. The Commanders, just as a group, I don't know. Uh, I don't
2: know. No, the Commanders, I'm too worried that if they went into that, they would charger it, and then they'd end up losing their tying Mm -hmm. opportunity.
0: So, yeah. yeah. Just stay with
2: Play to win the game.
0: (laughs) Or, in this case, tie so you can make the playoffs.
2: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) All
0: right, Samantha, let's, let's talk about this, the... Giants defense going up against this Commanders offense. Is there a matchup here you're you're kind of eyeballing?
1: Um. So I don't have a specific matchup. Or so you're you want Giants defense, right? Yes. Gi- um, yeah. Giants okay. defense so against Commanders. That's why offense. I don't. If it, okay. If we're talking about the other direction, I can give you a specific matchup. Giants defense against Commanders offense. It's like close your eyes and pray. It's that's the, the matchup that I'm looking for because oh my goodness, like this unit. I mean, I I certainly think Kayvon Thibodeau is somebody to watch here for sure. Um, but for the most part, I think it's like, well, can you do a good enough job that you can kind of assist the commander's offense at beating themselves, which they have been known to do? But based on what we saw the last time, again, the Giants little bit lucky uh, in that one, which is part of what allowed them to tie that game, um, some, some mismanagement um, by Dable in terms of the clock, um, and then they, they got into this weird situation where, like, the commander's defense decided they were just going to, like, sit back um, and play prevent in a game in which they were behind, and which was, okay, advantage Giants, but then what happened on the flip side of that is the Giants just went, oh, cool, we're going to do that too. And it was a bad idea when the Commanders did it. It was a worse idea when the Giants did it because they just don't have the talent on the defensive side of the ball. And you're looking at this and going like, well, either the Commanders are going to beat themselves or the Giants are going to win this, and then it turned out, no, everybody's going to screw everything up, and they're going to tie. But from a defensive perspective, like this is probably going to be a relatively close game, right? Like If I'm the Giants, I don't want to depend on a matchup because I can't think of a single one where I'm 100% confident you're going to win it.
0: Matchup being so bad that you get you get lucky, and you still tie. I mean,
1: it's the Chargers
0: syndrome. girl. It's Chargers. <laughs> Irby, anything you want to add here?
2: <laughs> I just love in this deep level mathematics. Like, this is calculus mathematics. When you talk about Giants making gambles and Washington playing not to lose, this is when you have formulas that equal nothing. And when it equals nothing, it's a tie. So, yeah, this is this is Giants football team mathematics calculus that equals a tie. Like, it's... I. Ugh.
0: <laughs> oh boy all right you guys ready to pick them here
1: i can i say i want to say hi so badly because i want yes. it to happen because it would be hilarious yes so yes you, you know what like let's just try let's have a manifesting exercise here um i mean i realistically i, I think probably the commanders come out on top of this but because i want it to happen we going to visualize it, and we know it's possible because we saw it two weeks ago for job schedule makers. Here we are again. So <laughs> let's, let's roll with the tie
0: again. Oof. Irby?
2: Uh, this is where I need the video cast so I can hold up my notes right now and show you that I have written down Giants 20, Washington 20. <laughs> Did not talk to Samantha ahead of time. Same exact score, not 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 just a tie, but we're going to do the same flippin' score, twenty to twenty again, seven five and two. Perfect.
1: <laughs> That's going to do some really really interesting stuff too to the tiebreaker scenario. A little bit, as well. So more motivation just to confuse everybody further, so that you know Irby and I can have fun uh, at the end of the season doing weird math. <laughs>
0: You know what? Hell, with I'm going to take a tie, too. We're just all three going to go with tie, and, and we're, yes. going to, we're going to will this into, into existence.
1: Hey, the last time we tried to will something into existence with the Washington football team, it worked. They beat the undefeated Steelers, too, you know after we attempted to will it into existence because Dale asked us to make up scenarios in which we could create a possibility for it, and it worked. So why not? Let's try it again. <laughs>
0: I'm going to follow Irby's Twitter account very closely, more closely than normal, because I just know he's going to start posting some things about how they could get this tie. That's how we're going to get this done.
2: Well, that's the beautiful thing between these two. That's not difficult. You know, it's the Giants (laughs) are going to try to win, and Washington's going to try not to lose. And that gets you a tie.
1: (laughs) When the prevent defense meets the prevent offense, and by prevent offense, I mean, they prevent themselves from scoring. (laughs)
2: It it really is going to be like an early soccer match Where both teams are kind of passing around the defense Trying to see who's making a mistake Early boxing where they're just kind of jab "Mm, I don't want to jab Like we may get Four quarters of Are y'all trying to win this? Shut up
1: I mean just picture the the game In which like The Giants have an easy opportunity to put the game away and score, to break the tie and run out the clock, and you're going to see, like, a Daniel Jones bootleg in which the, the commander's defense is just going to hang back and not do anything. And then he's going to throw that ball right into the turf with a wide-open wide receiver and nobody anywhere near Yep. Well, it's
2: going to be fun Sunday night watching this
0: unfold. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yes, yes it will. All right. Well, that, that, that takes care of our NFL content. We've, we've reached the time capsule, guys. So just a quick reminder. We're looking at a window between the year 1980 and 2010. The last time an NFL team did something. And the, and the pop culture of that year is what we're going to be guessing tonight. And Irby, this is your week. What do you have for us?
2: All right. Well, thank you. Uh, yes, this is a this is a fun one um, that I, I kind of had penciled in uh, last week when you were doing your wonderful segment, Beau. Um, just because you made a great point um, and I wanted to jump on that. You know, we are coming off a Super Bowl this year, um, in which the Los Angeles Rams are the defending Super Bowl champion, and they will not be repeating. Um, I'm feeling. I know that's not official yet, but feeling pretty confident. Yes. It's that the Rams close. will not be repeating <laughs> a Super Bowl chance this year. I
1: tweeted, can we fork the Rams? Like, like <laughs> can we like we're done,
0: right? We're like, done. I, I know they haven't been mathematically eliminated, but come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, <laughs> neither are the Broncos. So you know, I mean, no, well, the Broncos just, have
2: been—they are eliminated.
0: Oh, were they last week? Okay. Yeah. Yes, they
2: were last yeah, week. They, they were, were officially eliminated. And the Rams are the Rams are one loss away from from you know, ending it, and so are the Cardinals. So good luck to them on getting there. But yeah, this this Los Angeles team, you know, got their win, and they were in the Super Bowl in 2019 when their offense didn't show up. And the Rams have won a Super Bowl before, way back in, in 2000. They were in St. Louis at the time. So that makes you think, when is the last time Los Angeles won a Super Bowl? Ooh. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh God, we're going to the early '80s, right?
2: We are. We are going all the way back to January of 1984, Woo! when the Los Angeles Raiders, um, <laughs> formerly, uh, formerly, you know, I, I, yeah, formerly of Oakland, soon again to be of Oakland, furthermore of Las Vegas, um, were the Super Bowl champions um, in a in a 38, it was a, yeah, 38 to nine victory over the Washington Redskins. Um, the MVP of that game. This is Super Bowl eighteen. Uh, the MVP of that game, Marcus Allen. Game was played in Tampa Stadium. It was the first Super Bowl uh, played in Tampa, Florida. Been quite a few since then. Been some really good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, that was that was the first one in Tampa, nineteen eighty four. So so to get you guys in that mindset. Um, really, before we, we we jump in there, some some fun facts about uh, 1984. Um, you know, let's let, we'll start off simple because we're all baseball people. World Series, guys. You know, do you do you know the '84 World Series? Ooh.
1: I do. Do you want me to just say it or?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Jump in there.
1: Oh, t- Detroit Tigers.
2: Detroit Tigers. Yes, it took them five games to win the World Series. You remember who they beat? The Padres. The Padres, that's right. San Diego has been to a World Series. I'm looking at Fernando Tatis right now. Nope, still waiting on your next one. <laughs> uh,
1: it's going to be a while. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a bit.
2: <laughs> um, and the easiest part of tonight, um, the NBA Finals, uh, there's two teams <laughs> that play. You get two guesses.
1: <laughs> oh. So, Celtics over Lakers. The other guess was Lakers over
2: Celtics. Yeah, and you are correct. Uh, The Boston Celtics. uh, Boston beat the Lakers in seven games. Um, Also, if you've been paying attention, uh, the NHL Stanley Cup was won by the Edmonton Oilers, as they seem to have been in most of ours. Kind of weird how that's worked out. Um, It took them five games to beat the New York Islanders. That was the beginning of their their fun. But... um, who was crowned the college football's national champion in the year 1984?
1: Okay, so isn't this a weird one? I think I know who it
2: is. Yes. Well, it's this it's, is a unique answer.
1: It's weird, I think, if I'm right. So let
2: me say it again. Who was crowned college football's national champion in the year 1984?
1: Um, okay. Crowned. Is this a team that only has one?
2: Uh yes, I can say yes to that.
1: <laughs> because I, I, I know what you're doing. Uh, I'm just not sure which answer
0: you want.
2: Um. <laughs> well, it's what team? What team was crowned in 1984?
0: In the year. crowned? He keeps saying crowned, Samantha. That, 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 that no, no, don't is, read it. it. Yeah, he was
2: yeah. named. I'll say named. He was named.
0: Yeah, Brigham Young.
2: So you are correct by saying Brigham Young. Yes. Yeah. The Miami Hurricanes were also named national champs in 1984. However, Miami, it was for the 1983 season. But on January 2nd, 1984, the Hurricanes defeated Nebraska 31-30 in the Orange Bowl. Then we go to the 1984 season. BYU defeats a 6-5 and Michigan, 24-17, to in the Holiday Bowl on December 21st and is crowned national champions before the January Bowl games. Well,
1: right, but... Yeah, so, so we, Brigham, Brigham Young is the 1984 season champion
2: Correct, Miami. For the 84 season, you are correct with BYU. Yeah. But we had, normally in these situations, as we see, and we're having again this year, the 2022 champion will have played a bowl game in January of 2023 and be named the champion of 2022. Right. This season, right. because BYU was not eligible for any of the big games and played in the holiday bowl against a very average Michigan team, they were crowned national champions way before we even received those January games. And to make matters worse, not taking anything away from BYU that year because they did win the games in front of them. They opened the season with a win over number three Pitt. That was the only ranked team they played the entire season.
1: <laughs> and this is why we had to create the BCS. Um, and this is why we also have all these unclaimed and claimed national championships. Yep. yep. <laughs> because of things like this. Also, just for <laughs> clarification, guys, I want to make this really clear. Miami was the 1983 national champion, and BYU was the 1984 national champion. <laughs> just so we're all clear on that.
2: <laughs> that is correct. But it both happened in 84. Um,
1: yes, they did both technically happen in
2: 1984. Another 1984 fun thing about champion. that. That eighty-four season. BYU was not the only undefeated champion that year. Or the only undefeated team. Cal State Fullerton went 12-0 and 0 and won out the Pacific Coast League. Soon to be known as the Pac-12. But before, it was the Pac-12. So, yeah. And no Cal one cared State. then. Just like, no one cares now. Oh, the Pac-12.
1: Nope. So <laughs> bad for you.
2: Yeah. So, fun one there. Yeah, good job, college football. Um, we'll t- tiptoe over. You know, Bo, you're a big golfer here. Um, and you did just a good the golf one last time. PGA Tour winner in 1984. Ooh. And then a, as a bonus, I'm also going to make you kind of guess. How much money did he win that year?
0: 1984. Oof. Okay, I see that. That's going to be. It can't be the obvious answers of of Nicholas or Palmer.
1: No. No, it's the other one. I know who it is. Don't
0: ask me about the money. I have
1: no idea. But I think I
0: want to get over this anyway. Huh. Who else would it have been? Who was it?
1: I think it's Lee Trevino,
2: isn't it? Ooh, close. Close he was in top. No, no. it was Tom Watson. Oh. Tom
0: Watson.
2: Tom Watson
0: yeah.
2: was okay. the PJ Tour winner, and his winnings that season added up to $476,260. <laughs>
0: you get that when you don't make the cut now.
2: <laughs> you get that when you're minimum wage in Major League Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, things have changed. A bit. Um, <laughs> so, you guys know me. Uh, yeah, I'm always going to find something new at the Olympics. And we had two Olympics that year. The 1984 Summer Olympics were played in where? Oh. No idea. Hang
0: on, 84? 84. That wasn't the Barcelona Games, was it?
2: Oh, that no, was, that's 92. 92. That's 92. 88
1: is Seoul. Um, 84. So, yeah, I don't know because like,
0: you know, I wasn't watching. It. Come on, take a
2: super guess.
0: You said summer? Super guess?
2: Summer Olympics, yeah. What'd you say, Samantha?
0: Um,
1: you said take a super guess? <laughs> yeah,
2: take a super guess. I, I, I,
1: I mean, I the, I feel like you want me to say New Orleans, but
2: I don't think that's
0: right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Miami. I am, no, Miami's never had it. No, it was in Los Angeles.
0: Oh, that's why we have the Coliseum. Olympics. Yeah, in
2: the Coliseum, home of the Los Angeles Raiders, who won the Super Bowl. That's oh, no, I
0: thought we were going for
1: Superdome. Ah, okay. Superdome.
2: No, that oh, was dope. that was good too. Yeah, no. I, mean, um,
1: I don't think New Orleans ever hosted <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where we're going
2: with this, so, okay. Uh. Fun, fun facts about that one. Uh, Carl Lewis competed in four races in the beginning of his career, uh, won gold in all four, 100, 200, 4x100, and the long jump. Um, and then you also had, what uh, are the sadder things about these Olympics? Uh, so the Soviet Union boycotted these, these summer games. And because of that, one of the biggest um, drawbacks we had is the weightlifting competition was not quite as um, Olympic. (laughs) 94 of the world's top 100-ranked lifters were absent. (laughs) 29 of the recent 30 medalists from the world championships were not there. And at the time, that seemed like a big deal. But thanks to the uh, documentary a few years ago, Icarus... We learned about Soviet doping that went all the way back to 1984 and even further back and realized that all those champions, yeah, there's a reason why you were champions. Yeah. So, uh, on the other side, yeah, we had the Winter Olympics as well. 84 Winter Olympics. Do you guys have an idea?
0: I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either.
2: Ah, this was hosted in Sarajevo, Yugoslavia. Considered a very positive experience for the um, culture and the economy in Yugoslavia. Lots of new venues were built. The economy really took a big step forward from that. And unfortunately, the wars that took place in the early '90s ruined a lot of that, and including a lot of the Olympic venues. Um, And some interesting stuff. And Yugoslavia Yugoslavia in general. Yes. No. No. (laughs) It's the whole thing. Yeah. It's very sad. Right. Right after the eighty-four games, um, interesting things there. The speed skating was um, took place outdoors, so not many uh, Olympic records set. Since many times they were speed skating in the snow, probably makes it a little bit harder. Um, biggest little, uh, you know, or our, 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 our biggest mistake. Let's let's say in the realm of you know the term, you had one job. <laughs> the raising of the Olympic flag at the opening ceremonies, yep, they did it upside down. Dang it. <laughs> one job.
0: Maybe it's they one was, job. maybe they were trying to get out a, a message of distress.
2: I that's true. That's so <laughs> Alright, well there's our there's our sports world. So now we'll go to what, what I, I know the, the paying customers love and you guys as well. Nineteen eighty four, what were the top ten grossing movies?
0: Okay, uh,
1: 84. I, I know one. I know one for sure.
2: You better get one.
1: Yeah, everybody on this show, everybody who listens to this show better get this one. <laughs> no uh, excuse for not getting this one. I know one for sure. I have a pretty good guess for another, and then the rest I'm just going to be kind of so you know, the,
0: based on what I know is from
1: roughly the zero.
0: So yeah, the one you're talking about, Samantha, would be one bull Durham.
2: No, that's no. no. That's the 80 other 80. obvious. The other really <laughs> obvious one.
0: Waldron wasn't eighty four. No, Waldron no. was eighty eight. Really?
2: Yeah, I was mm. thinking eighty nine, but yeah, eighty eight sounds. Oh.
0: My first thought is the Terminator.
2: Uh, Terminator good. did come out that year. Unfortunately, that was number <laughs> twenty one.
0: Twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. Well, it did have a very. An unknown actor named Arnold Schwarzenegger at the time.
2: Did he ever do anything?
0: Yeah, he did a few things after that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, interesting. Interesting enough, uh, like uh, Linda Hamilton—that was her name, right? The, the one that plays the mom. Yes. Um. Yes. Yeah. She actually almost bugged out of the Terminator when they cast Schwarzenegger because she thought it was a signal that they weren't shooting the film seriously.
1: <laughs> Poor dog, <So>. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, that's hilarious. Uh, all right,
2: so, obvious big one.
0: Ghostbusters. Matthew, you wanna, you wanna, oh,
2: Ghostbusters. Oh, right, $220 million. Yeah. Oof. Well done, guys. Um, All right, so other big ones in there. Come on, there, there's some good franchises in here.
1: Yeah, because I'm thinking a lot of these, I'm, I'm thinking, like, wait, so is this Beverly Hills Cop, the original Beverly Hills Cop? Is that 80 It's
2: number four. That
0: sounds right, okay. yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. Who we'll about Police Academy? Number
2: four. Uh, yes, Police Academy, the original. Number six. Ooh, okay. Um,
1: I don't think this would be in the top ten, but Purple Rain, is that 84? <gasps> Number ten, rain. well done.
0: I just read a book about why. Purple Rain, like good job.
2: 1984, 80,
0: um, that might be too early for Wildcats. I don't even know. I've never even heard of that. Is that a movie? Yeah. Well, oh, it's, it's fantastic. It's got it's got a very young Goldie Hawn, who is a female high school football coach, who instead of getting you know when, when she gets her big head coaching gig, they send her to the troublemaking school, which was a big theme of these of these eighties movies in the schools, the troublemaking schools. You know, like the the hard schools, and then she she goes and she ends up facing her old team. In the championship, of beats them. It's a great movie.
2: Well, okay. hopefully, get that, um, that's not eighty-four because it's not in the top one hundred eighty-four yeah, movies. It might,
0: it might be like eighty-eight. <laughs> oh, let's see. And it's an eighty-four.
1: Um, what about? I think this is. Let's see. Keen Press was it? Is this too early for Footloose?
2: Number seven, Ooh. all done.
1: Yes, okay, cool.
2: February 17th, 1984. So, Lisa the, of the Hero Kevin Bacon, if you're a fan of
0: Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> uh, is, it, um, is it too late for a never ending story?
2: oh well done so that is one of my honorable mentions
0: tonight Never ending story a favorite here unfortunately
2: ranked 43rd wow uh, only grossed uh, wow. 21.3 million dollars so yeah took a little took a little time for that one to, to catch on. up uh, um'll six, throw candles? I'll, so 16 candles also on here not in the top oddly enough that one 38 wow okay. 38.
1: That's so, one of those movies that found its footing later um, on yeah. TV. <laughs> In the rental market, perhaps.
2: Uh. Um, so, number two on here, make you guys get this one, is actually a series that has another one of these movies coming out next year.
0: Okay, I'm not, that's not going to help me. Oh, give me a second. Let's see. So it's, it's, it started in 1984.
2: didn't start in 84.
0: Oh, it, oh. Ooh. One of which oh, movies came out oh, in
2: 84?
1: Oh, oh, I know
2: what it is. I know what it is. Never mind. I do know what it is. I think. Is it this time? is great because there's, there's – oh, yes! Yeah,
0: there it is. There it is. The All right, which one? Shows. Which
2: one was number two? I
0: have no idea. Number <laughs> two. Well, hang on. Are we, are we talking theatrical release or are we talking story <laughs> timeline?
2: No, no, no. Number two is this ranked number two. This movie ranked number two. What is What movie is this one that came out in 80? Which Indiana Jones came out in 84? Uh,
0: that'd be Raiders. I don't know the names of any of them. No,
2: it was the Temple of Doom. What's Temple this? of Doom, $180 million. Oh,
0: that was number two, you said, right? Okay. Yeah, it was
2: number two okay, cool. overall.
0: When did yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark come out then? After that? I don't know. I don't know the difference
2: between Oh, no, before that, that, before that. No, yeah. it would have been before that.
0: They're all the same movie to me. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because Ra- Raiders came out first, and then Temple of Doom was a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then Last Crusade came out, and then now now we've gotten you know more <laughs> recent stuff that I'm not going to not going to talk about. Indiana Jones. Okay, so so what do we have left out of the top ten? There
2: so we're missing um, three, five, um, eight and nine. I don't expect you guys to get eight. Um, not a not not really our thing. Three and five. You're going to kick yourselves if you don't Give get them. A Give
0: us a hint. Give us Is one of them? Cra- um, is, is this one of the karate kids?
2: There's number five. Well done, Bo. Right. Karate kid, the original. Um, kid.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: So. Number three, uh, continuing on. It, this is what I love about this one. Um, all these original films, not, not sequels and the, the first ones. The third one, it was part of a series, although the movies that came out after it flopped terribly. So it's really just one film. It should stand alone. It's got a bit of a Christmas feel to it. It's not a Christmas movie. It's not a Die Hard, but it's got a little. It takes place at Christmas time. It's a good amount of snow.
1: I, am, I have no idea. Um,
2: <laughs> some, <laughs> some people would... Genre-wise, it's called a comedy. Some people might be scared of these things. Um, be careful watching this movie after midnight. Make sure you don't eat anything while Gremlins. watching this movie. Gremlins! There it is! <laughs>
0: Gremlins!
2: <laughs> Gremlins.
0: You yeah, thinking um, it was Ski Patrol. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, weirdly enough Gremlins released in theaters the same day as Ghostbusters June 8th 1984 those movies went head to head wow it's summer 84 so um, wrap up so number 8 yeah that one's going to be a tough one not our thing Star Trek 3 The Search for Spock
0: sure
2: Um, yeah (laughs) exactly not our awful movie Uh, yeah. Awful. And fun. then, uh, number oh. nine? Um, ooh, do, 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 do. yeah, 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 Kirk Douglas.
0: Oh, okay. Hang on, I can work with that. Does it involve a train? I mean, not
2: Kirk. No, sorry. My gosh. Wow, I went with Kirk. Up. Michael Douglas. His son.
0: Fatal Attraction. <laughs>
2: his son. No, not Fatal Attraction. Michael
0: Douglas? Michael um, Douglas,
2: yes. Not not Kurt wow, Kyle. It's not Spartacus! Spartacus. <laughs> that's I, yeah, no. <laughs> I know that did not come out in
1: 1984.
2: Uh, wow, that, that is funny. I going to be one um, of
1: those trick questions where they were like, they re released Spartacus in theaters in 1984. Yeah. Um, is it. <laughs> Michael it, Douglas?
0: Is it War of oh the Roses? No? Not War of the Roses. Okay.
2: Um, for a little comic relief, Danny DeVito's in this film.
0: Well, he was also in War of the I, Roses.
2: Well, it's not War of the Roses.
0: I, I know. I know. But. <laughs> but he was also I, in War of the Roses. I don't War think Ro- I'm going to get this
1: unless this is something I'm just not – I can't think of a single movie that I've seen that has Michael Douglas in it that's like um, – oh, the the Wall Street one. That's the one I always – wasn't he in that movie? Yeah, the he was in Wall Gecko Street. Yeah. Or whatever. But, but I think these two later. Uh, so
2: the so they team up in this one. They're in this film. This is the first of two. There's another one of these films that comes out later, not the same name, um, but the female lead in this is one Kathleen Turner. I see,
0: I know it, but I'm, th- I'm I i can not think of it. No, it's something with a the... Jewel the Nile. Uh, uh, there you go, oh,
2: that's oh, the oh, second one. Oh, right. Romance
0: in the Stone. Romance
2: in, Romance in the stone. stone. There it is. There you yeah. go. All right. Okay. Good job. I good didn't job, guys.
1: That was Michael Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> <And> it was the <laughs> Kathleen Turner part that, that did it for me. Uh, Okay. Yeah, they actually teamed so some other people. films that was, there.
2: But yeah, that you guys did good right. on that top ten there. And that's some good, that's some solid, solid cinema right yeah. there in that top ten Um, and Star Trek. A good year. But uh, some some honorable mentions in here. Good movies it's, and Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some honorable mentions in here. Uh, Tears of Endearment, uh, which actually came out in 83 but made enough money in 84 to finish at 11th. Oh, so uh, 12th was Splash.
0: Ah! Splash.
2: 15th, The Natural. Ooh. 17th, Revenge of the Nerds.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> 18th, all I'll say is Wolverine.
0: Oh, Red Dawn. Red Dawn.
2: Uh, 19th, A Young Tom Hanks and Bachelor Party.
0: Great movie. Love that
2: film. You guys nailed The Terminator um, down there. Uh, 30th, Conan the Destroyer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> see, you start to see what Linda Hamilton may have had a point back then.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 33rd was A Nightmare on Elm Street. 37th, one ahead of 16 Candles, was the long S-movie, Dune. Mm. Hey, wait, wait,
1: uh, wait, was that the original Nightmare on Elm Street that, that year?
2: That's yes. The first
1: one? Okay. Yes, that was I've, the first I've one. I've never seen any of them. I was just curious why that.
2: Um, and then one last little fun one here. Um, the number forty-one, the last Starfighter, also the first movie ever to use computer graphics.
1: I have never heard of this movie.
2: The last well, Starfighter. It's a fun was? just to watch. Yeah, the last Starfighter. I mean, it was before Tron. Tron definitely get us the feeling for it, but no, the last Starfighter. Uh, the battle sequences was the first time using computer graphics, and if you watch it today. Yes, boys and girls are going to sit there and go, "Wow, that is bad." But remember, 1984? That would have been, "Wow, that's pretty cool." <laughs> ah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I actually watched the original Tron not too long ago, and I'm thinking, "Man, we used to think we used to think that was cool." Yikes! <laughs> Ooh, that's some bad graphics. <laughs> but hey, we used to play 8-bit video games too, so.
2: So, yeah, all right, so then let's, um, and, and I won't take too long on this because I know it's not as big of mine, but uh, top ten hits, singles, Ooh, 1984, and this is year year guys. Um, definitely be thinking about the movies that we just talked about. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I can get a couple of them based on the movies because one of them's going to be Footloose,
2: and one of them going to be Ghostbusters. Four. Yeah, Ghostbusters. And Ghostbusters was number nine. Number
0: so nine?
1: Is... Wow. Number nine. People... So I don't think Purple Rain was released as a single, so it's almost got to be When Doves Cry.
2: Oh, number one. (sighs) Boy, flip that bat. Flip that bat. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Uh, Y'all are rolling. Hey, don't let me slow you down. Y'all are rolling.
0: Um, Was there uh, there any any repeat songs on these soundtracks? Like two or three from the same soundtrack that made the top ten. Uh, no. Interesting. Okay. Was All top tens.
1: Wasn't born in the USA. Released that year.
0: Did uh, you... yes,
2: but it was not.
1: Didn't make the top ten.
2: Not in the okay. top ten.
1: Um, what about? I'm trying to think, who else would be around then?
0: Oh, boy. Let's see. Madonna was getting going.
2: She's not there.
0: She's not there? Okay. Uh, <laughs> poor Madonna.
2: They're,
1: they're not stuck on you. Or is that earlier? Lionel
2: Richie. Uh, I'm not seeing it in my top 35 plus. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. thought this was like peak Lionel Richie. Well, pre, sort of mid Lionel Richie.
2: So Lionel, playing. Lionel is, he's got a number seven and he's got a number 12. Oh,
1: um, okay. So it's, so I just have the wrong song. Okay. So yeah. one of them's Hello is probably one number
2: of them. Number seven. Yep. Very good.
0: Any Kenny Loggins on this list?
2: Uh, yeah, he had Footloose. Oh, duh. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Because the answer was yeah. Um, hmm. This is where I struggle on. And I giving hints without giving anything away. I can literally, like the songs that are on here, I could sing right now and I'm not going to because we're trying to gain listeners, not lose listeners.
1: <laughs> can
2: you give us a hint for any of them? Um, <laughs> number two. Um, that's too obvious. If I call her that, if I call her that, Um, this singer, um, considered herself an American until 2013 when she got Swiss uh, nationality or or whatever she's now considered, considers herself Swiss Swiss probably really doesn't help.
0: That sounds like Sinead O'Connor to me.
2: Yeah, no, it's, (laughs) um, um,
0: hmm.
2: she was born Anna Mae Bullock. Sure. American born Swiss. But um, probably better known as the Queen of Rock and Roll. The Queen of Rock and Queen Roll.
0: Queen of Rock and Roll. Queen of Rock and Roll. I was wondering where
1: God, I. Oh, Tina
0: Turner. Tina Turner. Oh.
1: So, okay.
0: Oh, that was. Uh, You're the best? Um
1: yeah, it's either, yeah, simply the
0: best or what Simply
2: what the best, yeah. Love to do yeah. with yeah, love to do
0: with it. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> he has to tell us not like in
1: order
0: to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, who would have guessed Tina Turner's like with went, went, went all like, you know, dual citizenship with the Swiss? Yeah. yeah, that, that
1: I, threw
0: me off. Like, I was
2: like why are yeah, you yeah I know. I kind of. It's like me. a like, fun little nugget. Like, I should have saved the nuggets after you got Tina Turner. Then It's like, oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was trying yeah. to think of someone who
1: either like married a Swiss person <laughs> or like.
2: Swiss. Yeah. We want to thank Roger Federer, not Tina Turner, apparently. <laughs> so.
1: She's Swiss now. That's very
2: interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. So I'll do the artist, and I see if y'all can probably get the song. Okay. All right. Yeah. So number three was a uh, song put together by Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson.
0: Oh man, I, sh- I, I I don't
1: I don't have any idea what that is. I was not aware they that they were. Yeah, that they yeah,
0: they did. Yeah. I have no memory of this. Yeah. I don't the, 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 I don't remember the song, but I do remember them 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 working on a song together
2: it would be say 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 no clue what that is (laughs) um i do love that when you you select on that and you look at it the b side of that um i guess it would have been tape was called ode to a koala bear (laughs) suddenly i have a rabbit hole for later
1: (laughs) Okay,
2: that sounds like the kind of like weird shit the Beatles started doing. Yep. So ode to yeah. a koala bear, like okay, didn't know that one. All right, um, number five was the uh, was the Phil Collins. Okay. Solo, not not Genesis. Nope. Yeah, solo. Oh, it's a movie. It, this is in a movie.
1: This is from yeah. a movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just heard this the other day when I was in a weird power
2: ballad rabbit hole. Against all odds. There you go. Good job. Against all odds. Take a look at me now. Mm. Uh, Number six. You'll have two seconds to guess this as soon as I say the artist. (laughs) Van Halen. Jump. There you go.
0: How did you beat me (laughs) to (laughs) that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
2: when was oh. the, last, the last two in the top ten. Let's go. Uh, number eight and number ten are left. One is by the group Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. And the other is by the... I always
1: mix them
2: up with the outfield. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, Interesting. Um, the other one is also Heart. in... Owner of a Lonely Heart. There you go. And the other is also an English group. Uh, more of an English pop group. Culture Club.
0: Oh, oh, oh my gosh! Is that Karma oh, Chameleon? Uh, Karma, yeah. Karma Chameleon. Karma yeah. Chameleon. That one I get. By the By the way, I almost placed Van Halen off the top of the show. That would have been really funny if I had.
2: That would have worked out. <laughs> now, I'm waiting uh, for a week
1: where he picks a song that's actually in that person's
2: thing. <laughs> <Bang. laughs> Um, round out, just to give you an idea of the, what's right there behind it. At 11, uh, John Waits, Missing You. Number 12, like we said, Lionel Richie's All Night Long. <laughs> 13, Denise Williams, Let's Hear It for the Boy. Oh. 14, Bruce Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark.
1: There we go.
2: There's uh, okay. Yeah, Bruce got in there. And then 15, Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Wanna Have
0: Fun. See, was,
1: oh, that sort of occurred to me. This is prime Cindy Lauper.
0: Yeah, I, I was yeah. I, I was thinking Cindy Lauper, but none of the hints were matching up, so I just kind of let it. Yeah.
2: She, she had a she was up there at fifteen and seventeen time after time as at seventeen. So
1: considered her when you were talking about the whole Sweden and Queen of Rock and Roll thing, even though I would not consider Cindy Lauper <laughs> Rock and Roll. I would consider her pop. But yeah. I was like, I don't know. Maybe Cindy Lauper moved to Switzerland or, Switzerland. or whatever it was uh-huh. Switzerland. Switzerland. Why is Switzerland? Okay. I have questions. Okay, interesting. Well, you learned something. You do. Different. You do the yeah.
2: Tina Twitter Turner Switzerland rabbit hole. I'll work on Ode to a Koala Bear. Perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna listen to more Van Halen. So Samantha doesn't beat me again. <laughs> In my defense, Van Halen isn't at the top of my medal list. My, you know, like, like, they're a little early for you.
1: They're a, they're a bit before your time,
0: I think. Well, still, Motley Crue is my favorite, and they, they were formed the year I was born. So,
1: <laughs> that doesn't yes, necessarily I think matter. Van Halen, Van Halen hit their sort of popularity peak before most of the bands that you are very into. <laughs> That's
0: fair.
2: Uh, well, that's all I've got. Um, but that was—I feel like that was a pretty good rundown. Uh, Nineteen eighty-four, some good songs, but definitely the movies. Like that—that that was one. And it was one of the reasons why I really wanted to do this, uh, dating back to over a week ago. Just because that was some—that's some heavy hitters in the in the, the cinema lineup there.
0: Ah, yep, Yep. 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 Shopping malls are filled with people going to the multiplex. Don't get a lot of that and the, anymore. And the arcade. <laughs> and the arcade. The
2: arcade.
0: Oh, God. Kids They have no idea how much fun it was to take a big bag of quarters or a big cup of quarters into an arcade. Okay. Hey, you know what? Actually,
2: those are kind of pop, or at least my area. So we have it um, not far from our house. It's a place called Nickel Mania, and it's the same thing. You go, and it's just a nickel per game. So starting to see a little bit of that revival, I kind of nice. love
0: it. I like that. I like that. Let's bring back our caves. Our Arcades are cool. Yeah. I like our caves. We should bring that back. We actually have one here called the Silver Ball Museum. That's right. All of our fun games are in something called a museum, which I don't know how I feel about that. But you don't actually pay <laughs> – like they, they have all the machines rigged up where you just start. You don't actually pay. You pay a hourly rate. And you're in there and you can play you know, old school pinball, skee-ball, they have to, I think they have, like, the 1994 NBA jam. <laughs> you know how I
1: feel about that being referred to as a museum? The same way that I felt when I saw the meme this morning where somebody was talking about their kid hearing Weezer on the classic rock station. Oh. Like, excuse me?
0: Yikes. <laughs> 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 We're so old. We are, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Weezer on classic rock, yeah, it's time to go. Yeah, <laughs> under to tire. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Well. On that note, <laughs> we're gonna call it a night. All right, we're out of here. Until next week. Yeah, I'm gonna say something I don't normally say. Uh, wa- watch some soccer. You got, a, you got a big World Cup match coming up. On Sunday. Also don't forget to give us a like. Give us a review. Subscribe to the show. Help us get the word out. Until next week. Have a good one everyone.